With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's get to today's top stories now. All right. Good morning, Chris. Good morning. So a new system's now in place at all Hillsborough County Public Libraries. It impacts kids who want to check out books. And this includes kids all the way up into the teen years. It leaves it up to parents to select their child's library card based on their age. They can also choose between different tiers within the child's age group. So if you have a child under 12, there's three tiers. If you're 13 to 16 years old, there's four tiers. Uh, Hillsborough County Commissioner Harry Cohen's a big supporter of this. He says it's not about banning the books. He says it's about leaving it up to parents to decide which ones they check out. Right. And so the parents, they have to opt out, correct? Yes, they would yeah. have to put in the right tier for the child. And I guess I'd have to take a look at what that means, which books are in which levels, yeah. uh, you know, based on their uh, uh, content. And, you know, if you if you don't have a concern about that, you can just give them the complete pass, I guess. Right. It would be like the multi-park pass at yeah. Disney. You, just, you can go anywhere you want. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's set up that way so that I think you don't have to have, like, individual calls made every time exactly. that, uh, a student wants to check out a certain book. I think this is pretty smart. I think it's a good policy. I do, too. But, really, how many times, how often are there 11-year-olds that are trying to check out a book that's meant for an older kid? You know what I mean? Like, how big mm. of a problem is this where kids are checking out books that aren't age-appropriate? Right. That's like when we talked about that story involving the Pasco County mother who uh, did the first challenge for a book in a Pasco County school um, that they've had up to this point. And in the report, that book had literally never been checked out. Like not one <laughs> student had went and checked out. Yeah. How, how well, often do students even read books? I, I think Between that's Between TikTok and video games yeah, exactly. and, and TV. Well, right. and also how much effort went into putting this together so that the librarians know which books fall under which category. Because yeah. I would imagine that was the whole project. It's a big undertaking. Yeah. Now, do you have you taken your son to the public library? Is that a <laughs> no. place where you <laughs> frequent? No, I'm not no so he much. reads. Yeah. I mean, he hates reading but he does read but i usually just buy him books i have literally never been i went to the library to vote but other okay. than that no christy you take uh your kids are smaller so but do they uh, they've been yeah they've, they've been? been a few times but yeah. not recently now so do yeah. they still have the uh, card catalog is that still uh no. thing at the li- that's gone no that's the all computerized catalog? <laughs> <laughs> remember that pain in the ass thing yes. that was a that was a yes the uh, dewey decimal yeah. system that's right nightmare <laughs> trying to find the book yeah good to know that hernando's on the cutting edge <laughs> in the school system. Should we still have the Dewey Decimal System in Hernando County? <laughs> that is a throwback. That's yeah. great. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so Hillsborough is trying to perhaps lead the state on this issue. Yeah. We'll see if it's, if it's successful. So a new study ranked Tampa as one of the cities with the worst drivers. Not surprising. Forbes advisor said it compared the 50 most populated cities across five key metrics including the number of fatal crashes involving a drunk or distracted driver, gave Tampa a 77.12 out of 100. That put us at 10th among cities with the worst drivers in America. I don't need metrics. I use something called the eye test. (laughs) (laughs) That's what told me that we're one of the worst when it comes to drivers. Or the dented fender (laughs) test. (laughs) You would not believe, just in my apartment complex, 
how many cars are banged up. Oh, yeah. Like, just every day, it's like a new one, you know? I see with the giant dent on the side. I'm like, how the hell? I mean, what is going on out there? I'm glad I only have to drive on a back road like five minutes, and this is why I don't go anywhere. And is it caused by bad driving or road rage? Yeah, it could be a combination. I mean, these could be cars like trying to run people off the road and smashing into the sides. Yeah. Well, here's what's weird, though. Look at the cities that are number, you know, one through five. Albuquerque, New Mexico, number one in the country. Yeah, well... Well, I was saying, and look, the only thing I know about Albuquerque is based off what I saw in Breaking Bad, but uh, I think there's a lot Ooh. of meth out there, so, you know. I see. Okay, I see, I see where you're going with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yep. you're right. If it's anything like the opening scene of that show, he's driving the, 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 the mobile home. Oh, my yeah, gosh. That's why. So Memphis, Tennessee, number two. Detroit, Michigan, number three. And Tucson, Arizona, number four, followed by KC. You think they'd be a little know. more careful in Detroit. They make the cars. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. So, you know, we're 10th. That's not, when you think about it, that's not that bad. Yeah. I, I would put us higher. I mean, Florida cities are just But are we brutal. worse than Miami and some of the other Florida cities? How are we the worst in the state? Yeah, no, I think I'm, you can lump Florida all together. I mean, it's just a rough place to drive here. Even you said, Dana, and you drove in D.C. Yeah, Florida's well, in D.C., D.C. came in at one of the lowest for the bad drivers. Or was that for the car that insurance? That was for car insurance. for car insurance. Yeah, D.C. came in with one of the lowest car insurance premium rates in the country, which I find hard to believe because it seems like every car is getting broken into in D.C. these days. Yeah, so well, they got they also got public transportation. Oh, so you yeah. Keep your car true. locked up in a yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's part of it. But when we, so our, my car insurance went way up though when we moved down here from the DC area and I thought that was crazy. Then a few mm-hmm. days later, we're, we're driving down 301 in Riverview and we see a guy on a motorcycle sitting on the seat with his legs like both over to the side. And I'm like, well, no wonder <laughs> yeah. we have such high car insurance rates. That's a good example. The drivers are so bad here. Yeah, I'll tell you, the drivers in Massachusetts, where you're from, they drive fast. Oh, yeah, we do. It is crazy up there. Yeah, on the Mass Pike. Yep. Yeah, I wish we could have a little more of that down here. I would was get the, plenty of speeding tickets. Yeah, they're driving really slow here. So the Kansas City Chiefs reeled in another Super Bowl victory. It's not the team's first Lombardi trophy, but the big game had a first for a St. Pete native and former University of South Florida football star, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. He scored a touchdown as a wide receiver, and he became the first USF Bowl alum to score a TD in the Super Bowl in school history. How about that? It a was, local connection yeah. to the Super Bowl. Well done, Chris. 16-yard TD. came in the third quarter of the game, which, of course, we know is when things got interesting. Yep. Uh, it was his first career reception in the Super Bowl, and he ended the game with three receptions for 20 yards and, of course, a TD. So, pretty cool. Oh, and, yeah. of course, he gets his own. You know, the players actually get a little mini Lombardi trophy. Oh, do they really? Yeah. I knew uh, they got the ring. I didn't know they got the They get the ring, and then they get... It's That's the same cool. thing as the is the big one. Yeah. The big one, obviously, goes to whatever team is the champion, but yeah. all the players get, like, a small one. So, he has that to remember. And, of course, he made history for USF. And for a lot of people, uh, you know, they watched it. Uh, they saw it. The most watched telecast in uh, American television history. So, everybody saw his uh, his big catch in the big game. And you got a, the Swifty Bowl. I mean, yeah. you know, there's there's no denying that Taylor Swift had an impact on the game. No question about it. Here uh, was Corrine Jean-Pierre. She was asked about Taylor Swift at the White House press briefing yesterday. You started the briefing by wishing congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs as, as well as to all the Swifties out there. Uh, I, I'm wondering when the Chiefs are invited to the White House, does the White House intend to also invite Taylor Swift? <laughs> That's going to be up to the, uh, to the Chiefs and uh, obviously they're 
decision uh, to figure out who's going to come with them when they come. Uh, and as you know, it's a White House tradition. I can't I can't speak to attendance and who will be here. Uh, but we look forward. We look forward to having them here. And obviously, we congratulate them on a on a great win. You know, I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to say Taylor Swift doesn't go, even if she's invited. I noticed. Taylor Swift, she was not on stage with Travis Kelsey or the Chiefs after they won. And I think, you know, she knows, she's aware it would have been all about her. And in that moment, it was about the team. And I don't think she goes to the White House, you know, because of that. Right. Yeah, no, I think you're right on that. I think she yeah. knows she gets enough attention as it is that she doesn't want yeah. to steal the spotlight when it really belongs on them. Exactly. Yeah, well, he, I, I would imagine Travis Kelsey will get a plus one. You know, and he, he can bring somebody. So, right. I hope I mean, he brings Jason Kelsey. Yeah, I'd exactly. love to see him in the White House. Shirtless. Yeah, now, if Taylor Swift does show up, you know what that means. She's going to endorse Joe the, Biden. The endorsement's coming. Right. Oh, yeah. You know what? That's He's the next conspiracy. <laughs> That's how, no, I came up with an even better conspiracy oh. earlier. Taylor Swift is going to announce she's going to run for the White House. What, this year? This Why not? I mean, she just won a bunch of Grammys. Her boyfriend just won uh, the Super Bowl. Uh, she just uh, became a billion-dollar yeah, artist. a billionaire. Yeah, she has the top-grossing tour of yeah. last year. And she yeah. thinks she wants to blow Record it on politics? Super Bowl? Well, I'm just saying, uh, you know, <laughs> she could she could uh, take over for Biden. You I know mean, what? younger, newer face. She could get stuff done. <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah, and she could probably win. But you know what? Yeah. It's sort of like Michelle Obama. There's just some people that don't want to get involved with that. I don't yeah. see Taylor Swift being in the thick no. of Washington, D.C. No. stuff. Really? So, no, although, man. if she did no. uh, spend four years as president, uh, the album after that would probably be pretty good. <laughs> yes, <it> would. <laughs> A lot of content. Uh, Chris Drankman with today's top stories. Chris, thanks so much. Thank you. This is the news you care about. The Ryan Gorman Show on News Radio WFLA. During the Super Bowl Sunday night, President Biden made a big announcement. He had joined TikTok, and here's his first video. Chiefs or Niners? Two great quarterbacks. Hard to decide, but if I didn't say. I was for the Eagles, and I'd be sleeping alone. My wife's a Philly girl. Game or commercials? Game. Game or halftime show? Game. Jason Kelsey or Travis Kelsey? Mama Kelsey. I understand she makes great chocolate chip cookies. Deviously plotting to rig the season so the Chiefs would make the Super Bowl, or the Chiefs just being a good football team? I'm getting trouble if I told you. Trump or Biden? Are you kidding? <laughs> Biden. I almost thought he was going to forget who to say there. Uh, so obviously this is an effort to make him seem younger, show that he's you know down with what the kids are up to these days. I'm looking forward to the Biden TikTok challenge where uh, you have to accurately recite the name and country of the world leader you just talked with. <laughs> That's going to be a challenge. tough one, yeah. <laughs> tough challenge. Well, they also have the dark, I mean, the dark Brandon is the profile picture. <laughs> I mean, come on. They're trying it, to get in with the kids. It just looks like a joke. You would think that they would have some kind of a social media person that could actually make the videos have a consistent look to them. I mean, there's only four videos so far, yeah. and they're not very, our videos look bad. Uh, now, questions about why he's on a platform his administration has said is a national security risk were raised. Here's an exchange between John Kirby and a reporter. Admiral, I wanted to clarify the position on TikTok. So the administration still has concerns, uh, security concerns about TikTok, even though the campaign has now joined it. Uh, again, I cannot speak, nor will I speak 
for the campaign. For the campaign. I, I can't do that or their decisions. Nothing's changed about the national security concerns uh, from the, the NSC's perspective about the use of TikTok on government devices. That policy is still in place. I mean, you know, national security, that is secondary to trying to seem a little younger and hipper. Come on now. <laughs> yeah, I especially mean, if he doesn't get that Taylor uh, Swift endorsement. Yeah. He's going to need TikTok to help him. <laughs> right. Priorities, people. Well, it was certainly a moment that got a lot of attention, no question about that, and it sounds like it got the attention of Taylor Swift's friends. Yes, it did. This trending story brought to you by Trajan Wealth. Visit them at TrajanWealth.com. So we all saw Travis Kelsey get in Coach Andy Reid's face during the Super Bowl. and Yeah, apparently Taylor Swift's friends think this is a red flag about his anger and his behavior, and they also think it was embarrassing that he acted like that in front of her family and that he should have been thinking, you know, my girlfriend's parents are in the crowd. I shouldn't be acting like this. I don't think that was going through uh, Travis Kelsey's head in the heat of the moment when he was upset. He was also acting like that in front of like 150 million people who were watching the game. Right, absolutely. And I think you said this earlier, and Skip Bayless said he thinks the tantrum was probably a result of all the pressure he was feeling because of Taylor Swift and her family and her fans and like there was a lot riding on this game for him yeah if you think about it if kansas city had lost i mean it was all about uh, travis kelsey taylor swift you know i mean she was only on tv for literally 55 seconds during the course of the game but it felt like so much more and if they had lost i mean kind of it would have been really downer it would have been really humiliating yeah for him and all the swifties yeah everybody so uh so he you know shouldn't have acted that way no. but i don't think that it has anything to do with taylor swift one way or the other no this stuff happens on sidelines of football games uh i i thought it was a bad look for travis kelsey i mean it's one thing to get fired up but the fact that he kind of knocked into uh, yeah got Andy a little Reed. violent with him yeah, yeah that was not cool at all no no definitely not but this idea that he should have been benched after it or something like i the stuff i saw on social media or then of course you had people connecting it to the vaccine and i mean (laughs) my god we're losing our minds as a country i think he felt a lot of pressure in that game and you really can't blame him i mean none of us are in that position that's a lot i mean it really is a lot you know travis kelsey was a star football player before all of this but being in a relationship with taylor swift that is next level all eyes on you yeah so i think he lost it there for a second but i don't think andy reed really cared they won the super bowl yeah they won i know he doesn't (laughs) really care at all i think they moved on now more of the ryan gorman show on news radio wfla don't forget coming up in about 20 minutes from now another chance for you to win tickets to the florida strawberry festival plus tickets to see foreigner when they perform at the festival this festival this year just one big name act after another and foreigner one of the best ones of them all oh yeah definitely so it's it's great great show that we can give away tickets not only to the florida strawberry festival but also for you to see foreigner so we'll do that at around 755 so about 20 minutes from now uh ryan gorman here with dana mckay and james berlander president biden's age was already a big re-election issue and it's only gotten worse since the special counsel's report revealed memory lapses during interviews with investigators the president actually made a joke about it during remarks at the national association of counties we're promoting clean energy and industries of the future made here in america made in america what i didn't realize and i've been around i know it don't look like it, but i've been around a while we know I do remember that. (laughs) 
Making light of it. Yeah. Mm, hey. That was a good joke. Got to do it. Uh, now for more on this and what Democrats are thinking following that damning report, let's bring in News Nation Washington correspondent Kelly Meyer. You can watch her on News Nation and find all of her reporting at NewsNationNow.com. Kelly, it's great to have you on this morning. So how concerned are Democrats after that report last week? Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been all the talk in Washington and you know, despite the the damning reports, Democrats here, at least from what we're hearing from the White House and the Biden campaign, is either they see President Biden's remarks after that came out as a win uh, for voters, saying that he came out and he stood by what he believed in. He fought for uh, what he believed in in terms of uh slamming the report for what it said about his son Bo and forgetting his son's death. He said, how would I ever forget that? I could never forget that. Um, and they also see this as they're kind of brushing it off. We heard from the White House press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, saying, you know, the president has been laughing off jokes about his age, as you just played there. So it, it kind of is both sides, though. They're both, you know, kind of slamming the report, both in secret and in not. Um, you know, hitting back at it for being, you know, political, basically that her is a, a Republican, he's a Trump appointed, but then at the same time, on the flip side, kind of brushing it off and laughing it off. So they're kind of taking two approaches here. Now, Vice President Kamala Harris, uh, she raised her hand and said, I'm ready to serve uh, when she did an interview with The Wall Street Journal. Yeah. Uh, of course, uh, she is one of the names that comes up if uh, Biden weren't able to uh, complete his run for reelection. What are some of the plan B options and how serious are Democrats about lining them up just in case? Yeah, we were digging into this on News Nation and really any other option right now seems nearly impossible just based on simple math. Um, you know, we're getting into these nominating contests. We're already through South Carolina, Nevada, coming up on Super Tuesday on March 5th. And the ability for another candidate to get on these primary ballots in time is relatively impossible. There's deadlines coming up at the end of the month. Plus, you know, there are others trying. You know, you see Dean Phillips, he's a, he's a Democratic candidate. He's trying to go up against the, the machine and he isn't winning. He isn't seeing any progress. He's trying to raise concerns around Biden's age, but no one is listening. He's been kind of brushed off by the party. So there's also the sentiment that if you try to challenge the incumbent, you're not going to go anywhere. And then there's the, on top of that, the problem of President Biden is saying he's not going anywhere. He's not dropping out. So there is the question of if he did drop out before the Democratic National Con uh, Convention, uh, what would they do? Then it would come down to the delegates and, and the majority vote there. Um, but it doesn't automatically mean that VP Harris gets those delegates right. from Biden. It doesn't automatically mean she becomes the president. Um, only if you relinquish the presidency right now would she become the president. So she would still have to face her own challenges as well. Um, but as you said, you know, when she was asked about Biden's age, she didn't really answer about his age. She just said, I'm ready to serve. So yeah. Almost kind of <laughs> jumping on that. She said, hang on, I got to read the quote real quick. Uh, she said, I'm ready to serve. There's no question about that. And she said, everyone who sees her on the job walks away fully aware of her capacity to lead. So uh, interesting comments, not necessarily. She did push back on uh, what was in that report previously and some right. other comments. Okay. Um, we're joined by News Nation Washington correspondent Kelly Meyer. You can follow her on X for the latest at Kelly Meyer News. The name looming over all of this is Michelle Obama. Uh, is that a name that you hear people talking about, even if it seems... A little far-fetched 
Honestly, I I don't. Maybe it's interesting just to hear what's happening inside and outside this Washington bubble. But from covering the Obama administration and knowing what Michelle Obama has said in the past that she wouldn't want to get back into this world. She didn't, you know, from comments in the past, she didn't really enjoy being in the White House. She, you know, wouldn't want to get back into that world. She was happy to leave. I couldn't really see her doing that. I feel like that's all just rumors. Um, I know there's been a lot of talk about Newsom and then the campaign brushes him off and says, you know, he is just such a great surrogate for Biden. Um, it's it's just such an interesting question. They're in such an interesting space because as we're reporting this morning now, too, Republicans are really going to keep cashing in on this report. Oh, yeah. They're going to draw more attention to it. They're going to try to bring Robert Hur potentially to testify. We're hearing from our sources. We're also hearing that they um, you know, are asking for the transcript of this interview. They want the recording and the written transcript. So they're going to keep trying to keep this in the headlines, this, this main vulnerability for President Biden, which is his age, um, to keep raising this question as they go into 2024 because he is going to be if he is uh, elected again he would be 86 at the completion of his next term so they're going to keep honing in on this um but whether or not there is anybody else which is a question i get a lot um it just seems really unlikely the democratic party isn't putting up anyone else they are standing behind biden and biden isn't dropping out and last question for you real quick uh are there any rumors about taylor swift getting in the race and potentially going after the democratic is that is that not something washington's talking about i mean if she did i think she would probably be unstoppable the ratings from the, the super bowl are the biggest since the moon landing and i yeah. think that has a lot to do with taylor swift and a lot of females tuning into football um but I, the question i think circling is if who's she going to endorse right. she endorsed by 2020 you're seeing former president trump going on truth kind of slamming taylor and you know obviously if he's growing if he's going after someone it means he wants their <laughs> approval he wants their exactly. he wants that endorsement so um that's going to be interesting to see obviously we're going to see travis kelsey come to the white house to celebrate his win so i don't know if taylor will be in tow but i'll be watching for that all right kelly meyer news nation washington correspondent with us again you can follow her on x at kelly meyer news and watch her on news nation and also find her reporting at newsnationnow.com Com. Kelly, appreciate the update. Thanks so much. Thank you. That's going to be the the next. I think I just created the next conspiracy theory. I mean, before it was that she was just going to endorse Biden after uh, the Chiefs won the Super Bowl and Travis Kelsey proposed. Now it's that none of that happened because she's thinking about running herself. Maybe Joe Biden is going to endorse Taylor Swift. Uh, yeah, maybe it's going to be that way around. So like Kelly Meyer just mentioned, House Republicans certainly looking to get a hold of the transcript of President Biden's interview with special counsel Robert Hur. Uh, you also have House Republicans trying to get uh, the tape of those interviews. And the White House isn't ruling out releasing a transcript of that interview. The goal would be uh, to push back on the special counsel's assessment of Biden's memory. White House postperson said releasing it would be difficult because it contains classified information that would have to be redacted. But you, you don't need to release like the whole thing or, or even those parts can't you just release the part where uh, Biden allegedly didn't remember when his son died or didn't remember when he started his term as vice president or when that term ended? Right. Release the part that would add context to why they said what they said about his memory. Yeah, that's the part that we all want to see. I mean, the classified documents part, that 
is what it is. To me, it's if you're trying to push back on the report and you're the White House or you're the Biden campaign, you want to push back on the memory part. That was the most damaging part. Yeah, let people read it for themselves and decide what they think happened. Right. And uh, if his memory is fine, I feel like they, they kind of need to prove it at this point. And that's basically the case that Jon Stewart made last night on The Daily Show. Take a listen to this. Now, Democrats will say that any criticism like this, especially of Biden, is unfair. Because you just don't know Biden like they know Biden. President Biden, who I've been around uh, numerous times just in this last year, is sharp. He's focused. He's bright. He is sharp, intensely probing and detail oriented and focused. This is a man who is sharp, who is on top of his game, who knows what's going on. He's smart. He's on his game. I was in almost every meeting with the president and the president was in front of and on top of it all, coordinating and directing leaders who are in charge of America's national security, not to mention our allies around the globe. Did anyone film that? (laughs) (laughs) Well, and it also sounds like they had some talking points, too. Like, everybody got to say he's focused. If you're... If you're telling us behind the scenes he is sharp and full of energy and on top of it and really in control and leading, you should film that. <laughs> He's got a really good point. Yeah, why wouldn't they want to release that video? I know. Well, welcome back, John Stewart. Uh, it was great to see him back on The Daily Show. The idea that he needs to get out there more, that's what I keep hearing. He's got to get out there more. He's got to show it, right? Because apparently they're not filming uh, that. That only works if he's up to it. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think it. it works when they show him more. Every time they show him, yeah. it gets worse. Yeah, that was like the whole point of the press conference. Aside from Biden, I think he was just pissed off about the part about his son. But that was part of the point of the press conference after the report was released that night was to show that he's not like the report claims he is, only he looks very much like <laughs> What Robert, her, and his team assessed. Yeah, it proved the report to be true. Yeah, and he forgot the world leader, got that confused, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, now, former House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, she was on CNN and insisted that President Biden is very sharp uh, before noting that she really couldn't criticize his age because he's younger than she is. <laughs> okay. Maybe you should call it a day. Maybe that's what, I mean... Didn't that tell you something? Yeah, absolutely. If you're Nancy Pelosi? Yeah. Like, I can't criticize the president and his age because I'm actually older than him. (laughs) Maybe then you should step aside. Yeah. Uh, So we'll see where all of this goes from here. But, uh, you know, they've got, like we said, they've got the tapes and all that kind of stuff. So transcripts, you can release that part if it really shows something different from what the report stated. Yeah, prove it. Just not sure that it does. Ryan Gorman Show. Now more of the Ryan Gorman Show on News Radio WFLA. Time for a legislative session update for you. And these stories are from Florida politics. On Valentine's Day tomorrow, the Florida Senate is going to be considering legislation that would govern how divorced parents hand their children off to each other during split custody scenarios. So very <laughs> perfect timing. <laughs> Romantic bill uh, to be discussing on Valentine's Day. The bill is referred to as the Cassie Carley Law to honor Cassie Carley, a 37-year-old woman who vanished in March of 2022 following the scheduled exchange of her preschool-age daughter only to be found in a grave in Alabama weeks later. 
The legislation would require court-approved plans for shared custody to include a list of designated authorized locations to exchange custody of their children. And now, estranged parents, if they want, they can opt out of that with like a waiver or something if they have more of an amicable relationship. In cases where parents provide evidence that they or their child may be at risk of harm, a court may require the parents to exchange in the parking lot of a county sheriff's office. So that would be an option. And also domestic violence victims, uh, they're going to be entitled to the same protections mandating a court order to enforce it. So this is one of those situations where, you know, things can be really contentious during a divorce and, and these uh, custody exchanges it can spiral out of control. Yeah, they absolutely can. No, I think this is a good idea. I don't necessarily think that the law needs to be set so that it applies to every couple going through a divorce. I mean, there are a lot of people that go through a divorce that, you know, yeah. the husband's not going to end up killing the ex-wife. Right. So I don't think it needs to be like a requirement and then you sign a waiver to not do it. But it should definitely be a law that if the woman or the man wants it and feels that the other person could be a danger to them, that they say, hey, I, I want to require that we exchange in a really safe place. So an opt-in rather than than an opt out yes yeah but this is a bill i think that at least you know this is one that makes sense that they're working on up there as opposed to some of the other stuff let me get to the other uh piece of legislation i wanted to mention a legislative committee is going to look at a proposal to have students learn about the political theory of communism and the consequences of that theory throughout history the bill would compel schools to start teaching the history of communism in grades k through 12 the lessons are intended to be age and developmentally appropriate. And I would love to find out how uh, the topic of cultural Marxism will be set up for kindergartners. This is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> they need to be learning their ABCs and how to count to 10 in kindergarten. No, I completely disagree. These kindergartners, they need to learn about the events of the Chinese Cultural <laughs> Revolution, uh, the economic, industrial, and political events that preceded and anticipated communist revolutions. That is kindergarten gardener stuff okay. i mean come Until on you don't have children <laughs> you don't think they'll be able to comprehend all of that no and my son is in fifth grade and i don't think even he would be able to comprehend all that he's learning right now about like the executive the judicial and the legislative branches and even that you know sometimes i'm a little bit you know concerned that he might not get it all yet mm, they so. need to put down the tiktok and open up their book on Karl marx <laughs> no absolutely not <laughs> high school <laughs> The Ryan Gorman Show on News Radio WFLA. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Ryan Gorman Show and find us online at RyanGormanShow.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.